Hello, hello. This is Reality of Reality, and I'm Aliza Rosen, a longtime TV producer and development executive. Every week on the podcast, I talk to interesting people in all aspects of unscripted content. Today on the podcast, White Smith and Michael Agbabian. They are the co-owners of the company Mission Control, most famous for producing hit shows like Face Off for Sci-Fi and Hollywood Game Night for NBC. Dwight and Michael have been producing forever together. They have shockingly, in all of that time, never gotten into a single fight. Unbelievable. And you'll hear them break down how they created Face Off. It's a great story. And the incredible night when they did a pilot for Hollywood Game Night that wasn't like anything you've heard of. I'm going to leave it there. It's a it's a great story, and I know you'll love every bit of it. Yay! Yeah. All right, well, thanks, you guys, for coming in. Of course. Happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you. Michael and I were talking before you got here, Dwight, about, he's like, how do we meet again? So we met, um, I came to your guys' offices. Before I moved to L.A., I was meeting with a bunch of production companies, and you guys were one of them, and I came to your Burbank office? Yes, yeah. Yeah. yes mm-hmm. I remember. Uh-huh. And um, you were sharing an office, which I thought was really cute. <laughs> <laughs> we still do. We, we still, still do. do. We still, still have do. to, though. Yeah. I mean, right. when you're busy, it's the best way to stay in touch and know what the other one is up to. Right. Why would you just be go- keep going yeah, down the hall? Yeah, we'd be running back and forth all the time. <laughs> right. Yeah. What about if you're on a call, though? How does that work? Like if one's on the call and the other one's like you just are you always on call? Well, Michael's very loud, so I have to I have to sometimes leave the room. Um, But yeah, I mean sometimes that's helpful though because I can overhear what he's discussing and get an update and know what's know what's happening. Well, we now also have these like roving headset things that are are wireless, so like. While it's you're on the treadmill. While, while, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, on the treadmill. Yes, we'll go wandering around. Very oh, L.A. Very, very L.A. Totally kind of L.A. As a total side <laughs> note on this, and this will probably cut out, whatever. <laughs> but we were walking, you know, our agency's UTA. Yeah. And we were going to a meeting. This was this was quite a few months ago. And all their offices have these big windows that look out, you know, out to this outside. But then they also look out to all the assistants. And there was this one row that we were going through. First one was a sitting, someone was sitting at the desk. <laughs> the second one, someone was standing at a, <laughs> one of those standing desks. And the last office we went by before going to the conference room was somebody on a standing desk on a treadmill on the wireless. <laughs> what's the <laughs> level? <laughs> then what's the fourth office going right. to be? Hanging right. by a right. chandelier. One of those teeter-tot things that you're talking. <laughs> oh, you got to love it. So you guys, you've been working together for 60 years? <laughs> How long? Like a long-ass time. It seems like it. it yeah. Is. When did we start working? Was it like 90, 1997? Wow. Well, wait. Are you talking about when we met and Yeah, started? when did you? Give me the whole story. Like, how did we you met? 93. Oh was it 93? Yeah. I've lost track. It's a long time. It's a long so time. So you had just time. moved to L.A.? No, I had been here for a while. Okay. I had already had a whole other career in the world of daytime dramas. I was a soap right. opera writer. Right. And I, it, it sort of- And was, this is Dwight, by the way. Yes, I just realized with two people, right. we have to identify. Um, yeah, I was, a, I was a writer on General Hospital and Days of Our Lives and had decided that that was just something that I'd done and wanted to make a career change. And- uh, once I got out of that, I kind of had to start over again. And uh, I was an assistant at a film studio where Michael worked as well, and that's where we met. And it was a horrible place to work. It was <laughs> awful. And all of the assistants sort of bonded over just pure survival instincts because it was just awful. And we would get together at lunch every day and talk about how we were going to quit and when we were going to get out of there and how we couldn't wait to get out of there. But through that horrible thing, I met Michael, who, you know, obviously changed the the path of my career. And it was great. And we we teamed up on a single project. I had done this party game when I was in college, and I started doing it out here with my roommates. And it was like this annual thing we would do. And Michael came to it one year and said, 
this would be a great TV show. We should develop this into a TV show. And we didn't know what we were doing, but we said, all right, let's do it. And it was something, I mean, at the time felt revolutionary. Now it'd be like, yeah, whatever. But at the time, it was basically a little bit of a precursor to reality and Survivor, none of that had happened yet. But it was a competition that took place outside the studio. So we would go into our pitches and be like, imagine a game show that takes place outside the studio. And people what? would be like, what? what? And now that would be a joke. Yeah. But um, it, we got it optioned, our first project. And then we thought, well, this is fun. Let's do another one. We created another project. It got optioned. We created a third one. It got optioned. And so we kind of were having some luck in it. And then we... I, I I don't know that we initially set out to say let's let's commit to working together over the long term, but that's just what happened, and we've been working together nonstop ever since. That's insane. I think I think yeah, it is kind of insane. I mean, insane, that? good, insane, but yeah. just to be able to have such a long friendship and partnership yeah. and working relationship. Have you guys ever gotten a really big fight? No, we no. haven't. We actually haven't. we haven't. We never have. No, we've bickered. It's, we bicker, yeah, yeah, and, and people, disagree. And people things. get amused when we start bickering. It doesn't <laughs> happen that often, but um, no, it's it's we are so fortunate because you know uh, a partnership. It's it really is. It's a cliche, but it really is such a marriage, yeah. and um, you have to have so much trust, and you have to be so in sync in so many ways. And um, I've seen so many partnerships go bad, unfortunately. Um, just because of it's not the right combination of people, but we're so fortunate that, that it's worked out the way it has. And no, we've never have had a big a big blowout or fight. I'm always curious because I had a, um, a company for a short time with a very close friend. And one of the things that I always said was I thought we brought a lot of the same strengths to the table. Mm-hmm. And I thought that actually was a negative because um, – you know, like if one of us had been a really good business person or had a really great legal mm-hmm. mind or something that wasn't creative and we knew how to beat out a format and pitch and like we sort of had all those great things. But, you know, I think there's obviously a lot more to run a business. So like for you guys, what are the sort of things that you bring to the table to make the perfect match? Well, I think now we're kind of kind of meshed all together. We're kind <laughs> one of person. one person blob. <laughs> I think I think originally – because I my background was independent film, okay, and I you know gone to USC film school, oh, and cool. I was a, you know I did you know scra- scraped money together and all that stuff to make sh- short films and features and stuff. So I think my strength, I guess, was producing, mm-hmm. you know, actually producing, pushing things together, getting the elements together, dealing with the budget and all yeah. that stuff. And that was we used to always say, well, that was my side, and Dwight's side was the writing of it and the story structure and characters and. Because that was really his background. Right. So, and this was, of course, again, reality was just kind of starting in the like late '90s, uh, mid late '90s, and you know that was our that was sort of our thing. You yeah, know? it's like you get the best of both worlds: right. a little bit of film and a little bit of scripted, and you know, yeah, scripted. and dramatic scripted. Dramatic. Like I would mm-hmm. think people would have liked the soap opera background because you know how to really you know push yeah, up the drama. So. I guess right? so. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I feel like soaps never have gotten quite uh, quite a lot of uh, respect. But uh, yeah, some people do. Yes, of course, of yeah. course. Yeah. And then I think now by running a company, and and obviously we did a lot of producing before that together. Right. Um, you know, now it's all meshed. I mean, like you know, creatively we're pretty much in sync. Almost like I can pretty much predict what he will say on almost anything. And uh, legally, you know, Dwight tends to be a little bit more of the legal eagle between the two of us, loves to talk to lawyers and deal with (laughs) rules and Bibles and agreements. And I tend to deal with more of the EIC stuff, you know, on the business side, like the budgets and money and this and that, the other. And then, you know, we divide and conquer. I mean, it's really what it comes down to. I mean, that's just how it's worked for us for the last how many years. 
Interesting. Yeah. yeah, we used to always sort of be a duo that was always together when we'd be producing sort of one thing at a time, and we would always just kind of move as a as a as a combo. And then at some point, when we started the company and started getting busier, we realized we can't do that anymore. We have to divide and conquer. So we usually on our shows, one of us will be more point on one of our shows, and the other one um, is certainly always involved, but the other one is always you know running running more point on it. Was that a weird experience to be able to have to back off, like not to be so hands on because you've been producing to. For so it long. was. Yeah. It was. It was a real was adjustment weird. for us at first, <laughs> and you felt kind of naked or exposed or alone because you were so used to always having this this partner or security blanket there with you to go through everything. But yeah, now we're totally used to it, so it's it's kind of the norm now, right? Yeah. So in terms of you know your background, so we can't. You've done so many shows. Project Runway, like you have a great resume of stuff you've done before you even formed your company. Mm-hmm. What was sort of the formative show before you started your company that, you know, kind of put you guys on the map or was the best working experience that you had that sort of propelled you to want to start your own thing? Hmm. Well, I think that the- show that put, well, we had a we had a we had a long relationship with ITV, then Granada before mm-hmm. we ultimately formed Mission Control. I think one thing that really did put us on the map, at least, I mean, I think we had done a lot of shows, you know, like Last Comic Standing for a couple seasons and all that stuff. But um, Hit Me Baby One More Time was our first EP network show. Uh, and the and the format, it's a UK format from ITV, which is basically these one-hit wonders come back and they perform their big song and then they perform a current song. Was that it was, NBC? It was NBC, yeah. Okay. yeah. And there was this, um, yeah, there's audience voting, the the studio audience voting. We didn't do home audience voting. And this was like back in like 2000, mid, like 2005, I think. And no one had really given us that opportunity. And it so happened that that was one of those things. I guess we did well enough on Last Comic that they noticed us and they were like, hey, they told ITV, Dwight and Michael might be good for this show. And I remember I was in Hawaii on a, on a little vacation and Dwight called me and said, hey, when are you coming back into town? And I was like, uh, like Thursday. <laughs> He's like, okay, because like we have this meeting Thursday afternoon to executive produce an NBC primetime show. It was already ordered. It was not, I mean, it was already like a six episode order or something. So I was like, holy shit. Oh my God. Like we had never been. And I think that was one of those shows that's like, you know, it was a big studio show, lots of celebrities. Obviously, you know, we had done other stuff for NBC before, but this was the first, like we were in charge show. Wow. And I think that kind of put us on a a level of where people were like, oh, they can, they can do that. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't need somebody, you know, above them. So that, I think, that didn't necessarily get us to start our company, but I think it launched us into an area that, that people hadn't seen us in before. You think that would... For sure, that, yeah. That would make sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we have a background in game, so there was a lot of, you know, we did right. a lot of Weakest Link back in the day that definitely, you know, sharpened our, our game skills. Is that what you guys love the most, is game or competition? I would say competition or yeah. format. I mean, right. I think that's really where we are known. I mean, we got our yeah. start in game and we love game and we'll always do game. But at one point, I think it was after Weakest Link, we had done so much that we had decided it was kind of a... I guess a daring choice at the mm-hmm. time to um, not do game after that for a while because we didn't want to be branded as game guys who only do game. Right. And so we had offers coming in that we turned down and we had nothing else happening at the time that we were going to go to. But we just said it's important to us. It's a bit of a risky choice, but that we don't want to be, you know, in, at the you know at a point in our career where that's all people will look at us for. So we you sort of transitioned to more comp- 
competition. Yeah, we did. I think that was shortly after that we did Last Comic Standing and um, yeah, a few other things. Um, but it was important to us that we got into a little bit more reality um, and competition and um, formatted. And then we just wanted to be a little bit broader. So, I mean, we always go back to game and we're doing game now, obviously, yeah. and we love it. Right. Um, but it's just we wanted to be part of the mix of things that we do. We're, I think, yeah, I, yeah. And I think we're also, we're very, in a way, at least I am, but I think Dwight is too, we're very conscious of like what we're doing. And then we try to pivot sometimes. I mm-hmm. think it's a, it's an, it's, it's a diversification. You yeah. Know? It's like, you know, I think had we just only done game, you know, now game is back and, and, you know, there's so many game shows and maybe Hollywood Game Night has a little bit to do with that. But I think that, um, you know, had we only done game, there would have been many years that were not, would have been pretty lean. Right. And I think it's important as the business changes and the business changes a lot, especially now, to kind of, you know, go pivot. with the flow and right. pivot and zig and zag as best you can. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know. Uh, you know, if someone's going to give us a court show tomorrow. Yeah. But I mean, the That's truth is That's what I was going to ask that, you. Know. Are there genres that you're just not interested in or that you just don't feel is your wheelhouse? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think even though we've wanted to not be narrow, I think we also realize that we are in a certain broader area and we there's certain shows that we're never going to do. I mean, like, we, we're not going to do something probably in a swamp. <laughs> no um, rednecks no that's not yeah. really we don't do redneck no. shows yeah. we don't do swamp uh, shows <laughs> Swamps. Um, we're yeah. probably not going to be doing shows in Alaska right. maybe maybe but um, that's kind of not our thing I mean we typically have been more on the I don't know uh, uh I would say a little more aspirational, creative, artistic, yeah. um, that sort of side of things. But we, but we made this realization. I mean, we kind of, I think, knew it in the back of our head. But I think we made this realization some years ago. We were developing kind of for the market. And this is when we were at Mission Control. Obviously, Mission Control had started, and we were developing because this was when a lot of those sort of redneck, sort of lower <laughs> brow shows were just selling like constantly, uh. you know. And we were developing them and, you know, we were trying at least. And I think there was this moment where, you know, we had one of that monster trucks and there was another one with some, I mean, it was just a lot of like stuff that just, <laughs> every time we would develop it, Dwight and I would say, if this sells, I'm not working on it. <laughs> right, exactly. Right? And I'm not watching and it. And I'm not watching <laughs> it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we're like, okay, what are we doing? Like right. we're developing shows right. that we don't. We don't want right. to work on and right. we don't want to watch. Right. So it just, I think at that point we realized, you know, let's let's do what we want to do and what we think we can do best. And I think that's actually helped us because, you know, there's so many production companies and there's so many producers and there's so many really great producers out there. And, you know, let's just go to our strength and what people, you know, seek us for. Yeah. And, and speaking of that, when I was researching you guys a year and a half ago, um, that was sort of um, the word on the street is that, you know, you guys are showrunners. Like, you're not just a factory. You're not just turning yeah. out crap. It's, you know, you actually, you know, you came up as producers. You came up as showrunners. So that sensibility that you bring to those shows, that's a very big comfort to a network that knows that you're going to be hands-on, that you know how to produce a format, that you know how to get it done. You're not just going to hire some you know, lackey under you that's going to execute it. So I think, like, that is kind of a niche, too, in itself, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, I think so. I think what we, you know, Face Off was, a was I, I think, I mean, we were very lucky with Face Off. Okay, and, so and, let's, yeah, I want to break that down. Oh, what okay. year was, so first of all, how did it come to you? Did you come up with it? What year was it? Give, like, the whole backstory. Face Off, uh, I think it was in 2010. Okay. Um, when um, Face Off really kind of, 
got greenlit. We had a relationship with Sci-Fi. We had done a show for them before called WCG Ultimate Gamer, and it had been a really good partnership and relationship with them. And so they came to us and said, we would love to do something in the world of special effects makeup. We don't know what it is, but would you guys be interested in developing something for us? And I had always had a fascination with that world, like growing up, loved horror films and always read Fangoria and all of that. And I thought, oh my God, this is amazing. Yes, let's do it. So we did a deal with them and um, it was an amazingly simple process, which Michael and I were talking about recently. That this would never happen now. <laughs> right. That basically yeah, we yeah. did a deal with them and we developed it and we did a document which basically broke down the format and the challenges for the first season. And they gave us some notes on it. And we revised it. And there may have been another round of notes and we did a budget. And then next thing we knew it was greenlit. No pilot. No, no, no pilot. casting. Nope, no casting, nope. no pilot. Nope. It was just greenlit. And the, no funny thing, the funny thing about it is, too, I was in an editing bay on a show that we were working on, and I got a Google alert on my <laughs> phone that was a had our company listed in it and said, Sci-Fi's announced their new slate, and this was on it. And this had been greenlit to series, and I hadn't even heard yet. So I, I had heard. I called Michael. I had a chance to tell him. Well, he, my, I called Michael. Hey, and I'm like, did we just have texting? a show? <laughs> well, no, but no, I but... just said, did we just have a show greenlit? And Michael oh had gotten God. a call moments before. Moments. Like, from, like half an hour. From sci-fi. Really wanted yeah. to saying, announce it. Saying, yeah. we're going to have this announcement going out. And we just want to let you guys know this is greenlit. And Michael had not had a chance to get in touch with me to tell me. So that's how I found out. Yeah, isn't that kind was of crazy? A, was a Google alert on that's my That's a great story. <laughs> Who was the executive? Yeah. Uh, it was well. Mark Stern was the head of of programming at Sci-Fi, and then Tim Krupsack was the um, oh, yeah. the head of the alternative department right. at Sci-Fi. So um, yeah, that's that's the, how it came, and then we just started. And the, the crazy thing about it is now we've learned so much about special effects makeup, but at the time we didn't know anything about it. So it's yeah. one of those things that you know you've done a budget and you hope you got all the stuff that's in there right. We had a consultant who advised us yeah. some, but there's still so many things that are specific to the show right. that you figure out as you go along. And um, and how many seasons has it been now? We are going to be airing season 11 in January. Oh, it's yeah. just the gift that keeps on getting. It is. Yeah, it's been it a, a phenomenal, phenomenal ride. It's a show that we're super proud of. It was our very first show that we really did through Mission Control. Did you use um, the Project Runway experience as a template in a way? You know, I have to say, we worked on Project Runway so briefly. Oh, okay. We, we, <laughs> it's on the resume. I, well, it is. And I, would and love I it. love the show. I, I love it, too. Yeah. I still watch it. And I would love to take way more credit for that <laughs> than we absolutely ever could. Um, we knew Dan and Jane um, really well from um, Last Comic Standing. And the we did season uh, two and three with them. And um, when Project Runway was taking off... Bravo had decided they wanted to do a reunion show because it was doing so well. And so Dan and Jane brought us in to help with that towards the end. So we we worked on the show for just a matter of weeks. We're proud to have been a part of it in a very, very small way. But, yeah, we didn't really have – we can't take much credit for it. Okay. Yeah. I'll take it anyway. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's on a resume, and we're, we're right. proud and, and happy right. about that. But, um, I mean, obviously there's a lot of the, the DNA in that – type of format in Ooh, Face right. Off. I mean, we, we did not completely reinvent the wheel with um, with the artistic sort of creative competition format. Right, but the genre was so new yes, and Yes, it was. And I think one of the things that yeah. was so interesting to the audience was it was a process that people weren't familiar with. Yeah, exactly. It was something that people had never really, most people hadn't really seen. And you see these amazing 
characters and creatures on screen, but people don't have any idea the process and the artistry that goes into making them. And it's also an, a process that is fraught with all sorts of potential disaster, and, you know, problems and, and creative conflict and all of that, which ended up lending itself really well to a TV show. Were you surprised by how well it did? Like right out of the gate? I, I, I think so. I mean, we were super proud of it and really invested in it. And we had so much hope pinned on it. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I think I was. I, I, it's, it's always, you never know. You never know when you put a show on the air whether it's going to do well or not. You hope, but you don't know. Right. But it also was sort of like a, a big swing for sci-fi at the time, oh, right? Yeah. yeah so oh, that's the risk too. Like are the same people going to come to this that it was. are watching well, this? Well, I'll tell you what. We <laughs> we got into this and when we started it, all these consultants were telling us, you yeah. can't do this. This doesn't – you can't do special effects makeup in three days. It takes weeks or months to create a character and it does. I mean when you right. do – when you see the amazing work that's done in a feature film, it, it's not done obviously right. on the face But it's like timeline. building a house. It is. It's, it's like, <laughs> yes. You know, it should take six yes. months but on Extreme Home Makeover it takes three days. You're, yeah. Exactly. And it's like on Project Runway when that started, they said you can't make a dress in two days right. or whatever it is. And, right. and you know, Cook a meal in 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's exactly that. So um, we had all these experts saying to us, you can't do this and we're like well we're going to yeah <laughs> and we did some we did some prototyping and testing and we were pleased with the results but still until you do that first episode you really don't know and there was no pilot and so we had another show happening at the time so michael was overseeing that one i was on face off and there was this key moment that we both remember so well that on the final day of the first episode i texted michael and said it works <laughs> Yeah, um, and you're like, yes. Yeah, uh, we were it, totally, and I wish I could have kept that text, but it, it, it's it, we were really relieved because I mean, uh, it said there was no pilot. Yeah, big swing for sci-fi and a decent, but I mean, at that time, not 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 crazy. You know, right. they, they gave us, I think, what the resources that we needed to do it, and we didn't know. As all these industry professionals, including our judges, were like, I don't know if you can do this in three days. Yeah. You know? So there was a lot of hand-wringing from everybody. And after the first episode, uh, you were like, oh, yeah, it does work. And it can be totally done. Um, I can, that show is uh, – it is. I mean, this is going to sound so corny, but it's like a beautiful celebration of artistry. I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> <laughs> That's I mean, so corny. Well, it may sound corny, but I kind of, I kind of do agree with you, though. We, we, after season one – um, we shifted the focus of the show ever so slightly. There was no more sort of conflict. In season one, if you look at it, there's some fighting mm -hmm. and some very typical reality right. conflict. And was that from you guys you felt like you needed or is that a network thing? I don't think, I think it was a network it. thing. I think it was just that was part of the like Baked into the, the world. Formula, exactly. Right. Yeah. You have to and get then, into it. Yeah. Fireworks. And then yeah. I think we just realized in season two going into it that there would always be creative conflict and we would embrace that. But mm -hmm. if there was going to be conflict aside from that, like if it was just personal stuff like that, we weren't going to cover that. We were going to stay out of that. And the audiences really responded to that. That's become one of the things that people love the most about Face Off is typically the um, contestants are really supportive of each other and they help each other. Like if somebody's having a crisis at the last moment and they have five minutes to get their mold out the door – the whole the whole cast will come in and help them clean out their mold and get it ready and prepped and it's kind of unexpected and amazing on a reality competition where there's a huge prize at stake and you'd think I'm just gonna let my <laughs> my competitor crash and burn which is cool that you embrace that though right yeah, and we it's did. not yeah. like oh we're gonna edit that out because that's yeah. not how it works like instead it's gonna be this um it's like a master chef junior <laughs> that's the only thing I can right. another, only other show I can think right. of where they actually are sweet and supportive right do you guys know who Julie Klausner is no, no. difficult people 
Oh, oh yes, yeah, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I, I do. Love that yes, show. I do too. So I found out about Face Off from Julie's podcast. She used to do a podcast called "How Was Your Week," oh, really? and she was had a few obsessions, and Face Off was one of the obsessions. Oh, I love it. oh that's awesome! Nice. Yeah, so that's she great. turned me on to Thank it. Thank you, Julie. And, oh, my yeah, God. she she is a huge fan. So. Oh, well, we love it. We we'll take every fan we can. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, right. You know, yeah. even though we're you know uh, going to season eleven, and and there's more on the way. I think it's one of those things that you, you know, it's a show that. Is getting in the later years, and you know, so anytime we hear people are still watching it and like it, and that's great because it's so now it's season 11. Is mm-hmm. there pressure from the network or pressure on yourselves to keep reinventing, you know, doing new things, or is it just like it's a steady horse? Let's just not, you know, fix what's not broken. Yeah, we're always having discussions with sci fi about how we can keep it fresh. But you always run that risk of not wanting to alienate the core audience and make it too different and kind of shift it too much that people suddenly watch the show and they're like, well, what happened to the face-off that I love? So season nine, actually, we did a couple new types of challenges and introduced some new elements that I think were really successful and the audience really responded to. And critically, we saw notices that the show felt refreshed, but it felt pure and true to what it was. So we kind of continued to try to do that, to introduce some new elements and things like that, but not divert too far from the core show. So another mm. show that you guys do, I don't know what season it's in, uh, is Hollywood Game Night. Yes. Um, I love that show. It's it's a romp. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It's so Thank much you. fun. I love Thank Jane you. Lynch. So how did that, I know it's Sean Hayes' yep. company that you guys mm-hmm. co-produced with. Did mm-hmm. he bring it to you guys? Did the network push you guys together? Uh, Not push you guys, but. Well, the uh, uh, we're going to season five, actually. We're shooting it. As we speak. Wonderful. Well, not as we speak, right, right. at this moment, but we're still shooting. So uh, it'll be on next year. Um, yeah. What happened was, was that uh, Sean and Todd, Todd Milner's Sean's uh, production partner, Sean used to do game nights at his house. So it's actually based on a real thing that he invited his celebrity friends to play games. Not the games that we play on the show, <laughs> right. but game nights. So um, the story is, and this was before Dwight and I were involved, NBC execs were invited one year our one time, and yeah. basically said, oh, my God, this would be a great – something here would work, right? So they bought it as a concept. And then other producers, I think, uh, were partnered with uh, Todd and Sean, and they did a presentation to NBC, which we heard did not go well. And <laughs> What does I, that mean? Uh, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. We've we don't never know. been – We've never been told. We've, we've never, never been seen told. It, yeah. We've never seen it. Wow. It's been the mystery to this day. I mean, you know, game nights like 2012 or whatever. Yeah. We we literally don't know what happened that day. <laughs> um, I have to find out. I know. <laughs> it's kind of it's like this weird like yeah. way, and it's like the unspoken. But anyway, <laughs> right. so um, to NBC's credit and 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 Paul Telegdi's credit, you know, I think they still liked the idea, so they wanted to give it a second go. And I think also. Todd and Sean just have a, a, you know a lot of um, currency at at the uh, network with mm-hmm. their their overall deal, and I think um, it was I believe it was William Morris and NBC at that time we were William Morris that kind of put us together and said maybe this will work, and uh, we had one meeting with Todd and Sean and it was it was gold. It was like we saw the same show, we riffed off of each other like immediately and. I believe Todd and Sean said, you know, we want to work with Mission Control. And so we had a meeting with Paul and his team like a week or so later, and it was like this hour meeting. We had a couple sample games we created and all that stuff, some of which were on the show. And uh, 
Paul said, this is amazing. This is great. He says, we've done more work in this one hour than we've done in the last six months on the show. Wow. And um, the path to green light on game night is really a, a little bit of a, a, of a story of risk. Um, they gave us um, a, roughly about 100000 and they said, okay, do basically put this show up. And I think at the time, the idea was to do a little pilot or do a little presentation. Yeah. What do you do with $100,000? <laughs> right. know, I mean, it's a lot, but it's not. Right, you know? especially not for a network, anything. Exactly. And so we were looking for um, theaters around the city, and we thought maybe we could do something in a theater. And, you know, the concept of the show was always in a house. Okay. We never the, – the earlier concept before Dwight and I were involved was a, more of a shiny floor show. And we were like, no, let's actually put it in a house. And we were searching. We couldn't find a, a, a theater in L.A. that would work. And so we said, well, why don't we take the money and actually rent a house and, and like, simulate what Hollywood game night is and make it a party and allow the NBC execs to come, cater it. Sean will call his celebrity friends, and we will, we will play it like a television show. So it will be a one-hour party. Um, and our executive at the time, uh, Brandon Rieg, who's awesome, uh, and just left and just left. Yeah. I, we, we, he is truly one of the best executives out there. So I hope he, I assume he will land in a great place, but he was one of our champions from the beginning. And I think he was working on Got Talent at the time. Okay. He wasn't even in the city. He was in New York while all this was going on. And I think there was this leap of faith of just like, okay. And I don't think NBC had done this before. And it was a huge risk. It was Paul was coming. Bob Greenblatt was was supposed oh to come. And we were feeling this pressure of like, you know, this was going to be this live event. So um, did you were you like switching in the trailer and stuff? Like was we it didn't that even level? record it. We, no, didn't it, record was, it. we, we oh, were doing shit. this as a live party oh, it was presentation. A party. Like this is the show. Yes, and it was. And it, you have to decide. It's in an the immersive, room, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, and it was a yeah. huge risk because oh if it went well, it was going to go great, and if it didn't, it was going to be a huge like disaster. <laughs> yeah, there's it, no right editing. In front, no, right Nothing. in front of all of these people, and so we really kind of prepped it as a live event. We said once the show starts, it's not going to stop. There's no breaks. There's no like stop downs. No is, run through before. No, well, we did. We did. We did okay. run throughs. Yeah. But who, we had we had celebrities show yeah, up, they? and they they didn't. They just. Kind of walk through it. We also had, um, I mean, I have to say it was pretty amazing. We rented this spectacular house. I had this phenomenal view. It was catered. We had a bartender. Um, We we sent invites. We sent out invites. Yeah. I mean, it was, there was valet parking. I mean, it really did feel like an an event. event. We were trying to create a a mood and a vibe and the whole thing. And we also had always thought that live music should be a part of the show. We always wanted to have a band. So we were able to pull some strings and we got Berlin to be there, to be our house band. So Terry Nunn was there, and they were playing the music and everything, and they 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 performed, you know, "Take My Breath Away" and Metro and all of their hits as part of the night. Yeah. And there was just this energy and vibe to the whole night that just created this really fun kind of electric energy. And hopefully, lots of alcohol too. There was a lot of alcohol, lots of alcohol, <laughs> lots of alcohol. signature of the show. Yeah, I mean, right. we had sort of like an hour before the show started where apps were being passed and alcohol was flowing <laughs> yeah. and everybody was loosening How can up not a be bit. Fun? Yeah. So who were the celebrities yeah. in the pilot well, in the live event? Yeah, Sean. Well, Sean was one, and right. Sean was great. I, apparently the version before us were improv actors acting as celebrities, Ooh. which I don't quite understand. <laughs> And when Sean heard this idea and said, look, it'll take, like, what, like two hours? It's like, yeah, it'll be like it's literally a party. Well, and show up. we had he, also said, too, part of the fun of this show is seeing celebrities know the things that you know and finding out 
how they are in a in a real life scenario like this. You know what I mean? It's not it's not them pretending or acting. It's right. them just being real, letting their hair down. Yeah, exactly. And and we thought you can't have people pretend to do that. You mm-hmm. need to have people really do it. Right. So we thought let's you know it it is a lot to ask, but let's see if we can call in six celebrities and get them to come. So it was Sean. Sean. Yeah. Um. It was Valerie Bertinelli. Valerie Bertinelli. Uh, Nisi Nash, Nisi Nash, um, Bob yeah. Harper, mm-hmm. um, Roger Bart, uh, he from Desperate Housewives. <laughs> I love that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was great. He was great. great. And uh, Mackenzie Westmore, who's the host of Face Off, and you can oh, right. only, only imagine who who called her in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And we, um, you know, it was one of those things that uh, it went off. It went off great. I mean, it really was one of those nights that you kind of felt the magic. It, it, and I and I, it's a. It's a dumb, cliche, sort of awful thing to say, but it was one of those things that it was 45 minutes. It, you know, games went from one to the other. Everyone was laughing, having a great time. And Brandon, to his credit, because, again, this was a huge leap of faith. Like, he was hardly, you know, because he was struggling so many things. He had this, you know, this look of relief of the, mm-hmm. at the end of the night because it had gone really well. And Paul seemed to really like it. And that night... Basically, the conversation was how much will how much will do you think it'll cost to do eight episodes? And it was a, there was literally a swirl of conversation, like a huddle, like that same that, night. That, that exactly. Night. Were you guys involved in the huddle? Yeah, yeah wow. we were involved in the huddle. There was a lot of it was like because you had NBC Studios at the time, uh, Universal Television yeah, as yeah. It's, was not quite formed <laughs> yet, and you had NBC Studios, you had Network, you had Mission Control, you had Hazy Mills, and it was like I think within the next week. Or so a budget was put together and all that stuff, and I think the, sh- the show was greenlit a, a couple weeks later. Wow! Was Jane Lynch um, chosen later? Was she the host that night? She was not. No. She was chosen later. Was Sean the host that night? No, no, he was a contestant. We had somebody who just filled in as the host who did a phenomenal job. So no one we know. Maybe. No, you. you yeah. probably know. it was Kevin Pereira. Who? Oh, okay. He's a he's a he's a host. He was on G Four. He's done a bunch of Attack stuff. On True. Show. He's I remember him from yeah. Attack of the Show. He's okay. he's terrific. He's not really a big good. enough name for yeah. NBC and he was a real like. trooper to yeah, do it he because was, he knew that he right. was doing it just for the presentation. <laughs> right. And we've been fans of his ever since, and would love to work Aww. on something with him um, because he's great. Um, and really, he captured just the right tone that night too. Um, but Jane, um, no, the process of getting a host was that's an interesting story, too, because Jane was tied up with Glee and we were going with, through all of these different lists of potential hosts and none of them you we were hearing got us excited. They all just sounded like, oh, my God, <laughs> right. really? That's that's going to be. And you also realize, too, on something like that, where you're so dependent on your celebrity bookings, that the level of celebrity of your host is going to set the bar to a certain degree of the types of celebrities you can get on the show. So if you've got some totally. real C-level host, that's kind of where you're going to be living. And such so, a good point. Yeah. So we, it was really a, such a huge um, decision. And Sean is the one, Sean is friends with Jane, and he's the one that came up with her name. And her name was the first name that we had heard that we all got so excited and thought, oh my God, absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. She, You could see the show with her. It felt like, it just felt like a, a name that got us excited. But the problem was she was on Glee. Right. And she was tied up. And NBC couldn't really get involved. They loved the idea, but they can't go after another network's talent <laughs> right, and try right. to get them. They were just like, we have to stay out of this. If you guys can figure out a way to navigate this. And Sean is absolutely fearless. So he made a whole series of phone calls. He started with Ryan Murphy, 
Ryan blessed it. And it's then a he, good place to start. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Ryan blessed it. And then he worked his way up through the studio and ne- the network Dana, at Fox. Gary, yeah. Kevin Riley. He called like... them all personally. And he didn't, I don't think he knew all of them. He may have known mm-hmm. some of them. But he did that and got them all to sign off on it. It, and it, it was, was against in, our contract, obviously. So he had to get a carve yes. out. Wow. Yeah. That's well, amazing. because it was unscripted right. game show. Right. Yeah, they could a different do it. network. I mean, but that's it's a, a different big deal. network. It's a big deal. And I think, I mean, you know, God bless him for being able to do that because I, it, it really <laughs> is, it shows you the power of a celebrity EP who actually. Well, and Sean, too. Has, Sean is the celebrity EP it. that you want because yeah. he's yeah. a celebrity who actually produces. He doesn't just put his name on the show. Right. He actually does heavy lifting. He's he's pretty phenomenal. Wow. And yeah. a great partner. Yeah, yeah, he's amazing. They're both they're both great. And I think, admittedly, I think no, I don't think Fox expected the show to do well. I think they felt it was probably going to be a fluke, I'm going to guess. And so they said, yeah, sure, do it. I mean, we've <laughs> right. heard stories that they're like, oh, yeah, go and do it. Right. And, you know, here we are, you know, five seasons later. And I think, you know, Jane's amazing and she's really... She's an amazing talent. And she is, and she, you could tell she's having fun. She, the, one of the things that's it. so great about Jane is she's all in. Right. Like we, she, she really is. She has so much fun, and we've gone to her. And as we've learned sort of what she's really great at, we go every season when we develop new games, they start to get developed to her strengths. And so we go to her and say, okay, would you be open to doing this? Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, we have her singing now and doing all sorts <laughs> of things on the show. It's kind of gotten a little bit more... Um, broad and she's always up for it. Always up for it. She's she's so great in that way. She really is just all in. She commits fully. And she's gotten two Emmys for it too. So now, funny, she has three Emmys: one from Glee and two from Hollywood Game Night. And so it's kind of crazy that her. Uh, we were with, at the Emmys with her just this last year, and she was like, "Isn't that kind of crazy? Like I'm I'm an actress, but right. I'm <laughs> for her Hollywood Game Night. But I think she really enjoys it. it it's it's it, the fun that you see on the show is actually it's it's not yeah. it's you real. can't fake it. You can't fake it. It's like the alcohol is flowing. There's food. Right. There's having fun. There's charity involved. There's real people winning money. So was the concern like whenever there's a celebrity based show, right? Mm-hmm. The network's always nervous that. About the bookings, yep. you know, and especially oh, yeah. Jane Lynch, right? So you've elevated yep. the talents. And then, like you said, you have to get the bookings mm-hmm. up to up to par. Yep. Was that because it, and also the first season, right? That's always mm-hmm. the hardest because no one knows what it is. There are publicists going, oh, we'll see if it's a hit first. Right. Was that an issue the first season? Uh, it was, but I will say yet again, Sean um, was kind of our, our savior on that. Sean, fearless emailed all of his friends. He he actually, you know, that's what you want celebrities to do on shows and they almost never do. Right. Sean did. And he pulled in every favor he could and got us so many phenomenal. We had incredible bookings on season one. I mean, we had on Jason Sudeikis, Amy Poehler, Rose Byrne. I mean, we had incredible people from season one and these were Sean's friends. So he was, you know, calling in and, and, and that got the ball rolling. And at that time, no show was like it. Right. You know, because at, at 20, whatever it was, 2012, 2013, somewhere around there, is there was no show like it, you know? Yeah. So there was not, you know, you had talk shows, you know, but I I can't remember quite when, even when Fallon started Snight Show, but it was, it was one of those times when um, there wasn't a lot of outlets. Yeah. For celebrities to be themselves and not necessarily plug stuff, but just you know be have fun, and you know we promised you know a, a three hour, roughly a three hour commitment, you know which we still are to this day, and you know if they, there's a charity involvement and then they're gone, you know, and I think that now it's a little different, you know. There's a lot of shows, 
you know, ABC's Summer uh, Sunday Block is a good example, and there's obviously Lip Sync Battle, and there's other shows coming right. out that have really taken as well, well, there's some critic called the Celebrity Fun Bus, and and, <laughs> and, and, and and Hollywood Game Night they claimed was one of the reasons for why awesome. the Celebrity Fun Bus now exists. That you created a genre. We created a genre. <laughs> How cool! Which is which? Well, I, it's it's flattering right. if, if you want to think of it that way. But what it has done. Um, is it's made it harder to, to, to book. Right. It's competitive now. Right. Oh, I see. You know? Right. Yeah. right. Oh, they're already doing lip sync. Or they're, yeah. Right. Or yeah. are they offering us this? What are you offering? Right. You know, I mean, the numbers. <laughs> Alcohol. That, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of it. Alcohol and some good food. Yeah. I think we're, we've stayed relatively consistent across the years about what we pay people for the celebrities, but other shows have right. different budgets and they have different uh. needs. and. It's it's as competitive as you could imagine. Do you have repeat guests? We yeah. do. Yeah, we do. yeah, yeah. So that, that probably helps. Yeah. Chris Hardwick is on this coming season, yeah. and he's like meant for these kind of shows. He really is. He's a natural. He's There's a like natural. A few people that are just born to do it, and he's one of yeah, them. He's for sure. Yeah. The the game night the game night uh, perfect person is is these people like like Hardwick, Jason Sudeikis. Paul Shear. Yeah. There's a couple of these like people we've had I love on. Paul Shear. Yeah. They're just. Unreal good at at the show. Have and you had on his wife, June Diane? Mm-mm. No, she's great. Not yet. She's no, so talented. So, because the partnership with Sean has been so successful, have you guys uh, collaborated with Hazy Mills on other shows? We yeah. have. We had uh, a show we did for True. Uh, with them, and then we have something else in development with them right now. And you know, we love working with them, and it's it's been such a great partnership that we're always looking for yeah ways for us to continue collaborating. I love hearing that he's such a hands-on producer. That he's makes great. me love him even he's more. Great. He is. He's, he's, he, the thing that's so great about Sean is he's he's there where you need him and when you need him, and he doesn't get in your way when you don't. So he's, he is he is ideal in that way, and he's supportive, and he's hardworking. He's great. We, you know, we, we just – it's interesting, you know, the whole idea of celebrity EPs because it's happening a lot now. Yeah. As you can tell. It's how you get a show right. greenlit. I right. mean, it's, it's really come to that, and – we just did a show called Tracks, and we had Christina Aguilera as our partner on that. Uh, and that was with, with Lionsgate, with, with right? Lionsgate. Yeah. And, you know, to her credit as well, she, I mean, you know, it's a different type of show and had different needs, but she contributed a lot. I mean, you would be, you'd think, you know, Christina Aguilera should just slap her name on it. No, uh, her and Matt Rutler, um, you know, they made calls to get guests. We have their entire band. We had their entire music infrastructure that was kind of integrated into the show. And it made the show, it just elevated the show on such a level that I don't think with the resources that we would have had as a, basically a pilot, yeah, we could have done. You know, she, she said, here's my, here's my music director. Right. He will get you the band. Wow. Here are the singers. I'll make those calls. I mean, we didn't talk to Christina as often as we talked to Sean in season one of Game Night, but Things were happening. That's and it, so and good it, to it's, hear. It's, yeah, and it's and it, you, to have a partner like that in Sean and Todd or Christina or whatever. I mean, it's it's really a great asset. What network is Tracks for? <laughs> <laughs> and the podcast stops. <laughs> well, it was for Spike. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry, Spike aired it. Uh, oh. But here's the yeah. I mean. Back door, you know, we'll we'll put it on the air and see how it does. Right, not back, promote back door, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't even know. Nobody. I remember right. the announcement, and that was right. it. Nobody yeah. did. Uh, that's too bad. Yeah, it's too bad. So, um, it was a great show. The show turned out great. We had Bow Wow as our host. Shot, uh, you know, oh, Sean really? Moss, yeah, who's yeah. also a great talent. Yeah. 
And, you know, the show turned out great, uh, especially considering what we had to work with in terms of budget and time and everything. The show looks like a, a show you'd see on, like, ABC or Fox or something. And um, gameplay's fun. Music sounds it's great. It's such a great format. It's a great so format. So we're... we're um... Looking for a new home for it. I was just going to ask. All <laughs> yeah. right, good. I, yeah. I wish it success. Yeah, Christina, I met Christina when she was 17. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a story for another day. Let's just say she wasn't the partner that you guys were working with. <laughs> but she was young and she right. probably, you know, everything got to her very fast. Um, but she has, in my opinion, the single best voice of like any oh, human. Oh, my God. Her planet. voice is on. <laughs> It's unreal. And when you look at her to hear this voice come out of that little body. Exactly. It's unbelievable. It's, crazy. it's insane. I completely agree with you. And she performed on the two pilots. And to have been there and seen her do it live, it's just you're right. in awe. There's no lip syncing, there's no, no. water tuning. I mean, yeah. she just has You're in it. awe of that voice. She, she did a rehearsal, the sound check rehearsal, which was the day before she came in. And it was like, you know, you get it. Like you get why she is who she is. Right. She walked in. All professional, like like focused professional, yeah. like you know, like let's do this, let's do that. Talking to the band, blah blah blah, and then she belted it out twice, and that was it. <laughs> and she was, and like she didn't. That was all she needed, and she knew where she was supposed to stand. She left, Incredible. and it was like, and she, it was, it's, it's, it's impressive. And then of course, when she comes on stage in the show, it really the show just like just has this elevation. We were all in the in the booth with Spike and everybody, and it was just the, the whole booth just was quiet watching because it's like right the room stands still the room stands still it's like you know it's kind of electric it's kind of electric and then it's all over everyone's just like oh my god wow that is so cool and then that was and then of course the shows you know (laughs) but anyway uh, (laughs) so considering you guys are the sort of pioneers of the celebrity fun bus is that what it's called (laughs) are there any celebrities that are sort of on your wish list to work with that you haven't worked with oh you mean on I don't know, game like in any, in yeah, like to have as a guest on game night or just to collaborate with on a show because you just love them. Hmm. I haven't really thought about that. I haven't okay. really thought about that either. I don't like, know. You don't have like a poster share on your wall. Like, no. You gotta get <laughs> no poster share. No. no. She's the ultimate. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the first thing that just popped to my mind, and I've never, this isn't like some big passion, but I've always thought Queen Latifah is terrific. Yeah. Um, she is. And we would love to have her on game night. And she's, to me, is a multi-talent. And I think she's incredibly likable and she's great. I always wonder why she wasn't a judge on like Idol or uh, right. America's Got Talent. Like she seems like she would be the perfect judge. Yeah, she right? does. Right? She yeah. does. Yeah. It's, yeah. I don't know. You know, she's tried. I mean, the thing about her is she's she's one of those multi hyphenates. She's she been is. a talk yeah. show host. Yeah. She's a producer. She's obviously an actress. She's yeah. a musician. I don't know. It's a good yeah. question. She is so likable. And, you know, we were fortunate enough. Uh, Dwight always tells the story. We won the um, – Critics' Choice Award for Face Off a couple years ago, Amazing. and we were, we, you know, we beat The Voice and, and all these wow. massive shows. It was a complete surprise for us. And Dwight very graciously did the acceptance speech, but we got up on stage, and right, right below us is Queen Latifah, like, like front it row. Was, it was surreal. I'm just, giving this acceptance speech. I'm looking out, and she's <laughs> looking at me with this huge beaming smile Aww. on her face. It was so, it was so heartwarming, and it was like surreal to me to sit there and think. I'm giving this speech basically locking eyes with Queen Latifah right now. It was just a trip. It's it was like, oddly comforting, yeah. though. Like, she just had this. She was, she was beaming. Interested. She was beaming, yeah. yeah she seemed I, like she was completely invested. I'm sitting here thinking, this for me is such a surreal moment. I'm this kid from Indiana who moved to L.A., and I'm now giving this speech on live television looking at Queen Latifah, who's smiling at me. It's a trip. So you guys have done a lot of broadcast, you know, competitions, shiny floor mm-hmm. stuff, and then you've also done a lot of cable. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you go kind of back and forth. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean— 
the budgets are so different, the way things work are so different. Is it difficult to navigate? Like, do you only like I'm just curious how you how you do navigate those two worlds because you're producing for both. It is difficult to navigate because I also think for us as a company, we want to have a certain brand or a certain look to our shows, a certain polish. I mean, it's really important to us that our shows feel premium, high-end, polish, upscale in their look, and that obviously costs money. Um, So when you're dealing with some cable budgets, that's not always possible. And sometimes we're better at it than others. I mean, there's certain shows that I look back at, I'm like, you know what? I I really wish that we had just a little bit more money to have upped the look of the show a bit. Um, It is a challenge, but I think you just have to be realistic in terms of what you've got to work with and really try to stretch those dollars and do the best you can. I I do have to say, though, and I mean, we do struggle sometimes. But I mean, there are many times that a cable network will give us a budget and say, okay, this is what you need to do it for. And Dwight and I sometimes will sit literally look at each other. How do other companies do it? Like I don't. Right. I mean, seriously. Like, right. and it's not because you know we've been fortunately, you know, successful doing the stuff that we've done, and 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 we've had networks and folks that have been for the most part somewhat generous. I wouldn't say extremely generous, but somewhat <laughs> generous. And there are shows sometimes you're just like, how do you? I'll, I'll, here's a perfect example, and I and I don't mean to make this sound like, but yeah, you know, we go to real screen. Um, East, we don't really do real screen West very often, but we go to real screen East, and you know, like a lot of producers, we'll meet, you know, a lot of the other the the digital tier discovery networks and stuff like that. And you know, we, our agent, who's who's amazing and does you know the job of getting us to know everybody. Uh, it was Dwight, myself, and our development uh, executive at the time, and we were sitting with one. I'll just say one of the discovery. I won't say which one uh, channels. And you hear, like, we started asking questions about what they're looking for and all that stuff. And then we said, so curious, what is your hour budget and what are your half hour ranges? And he would give us the the range. And I swear, <laughs> Dwight, Check, myself, please. and our development executive, well, the, our eyes glazed over. Just the like, hilarious thing was, I don't know. if you were looking, all of our body language shifted at that <laughs> exact right. moment. We have another meeting, <laughs> so we're going to run. I mean, it was under... Well, it was like one fifty or two. I don't know yeah. what it was like one fifty for an hour. I don't. Yeah. And I was and, just like, and I there don't know are how you companies do that. who do that, and that's great yeah. and, and good for them. That's not. That's not us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we and, just can't. Yeah. Right. I don't know us. how you do it. So that's that was another question I had, which was like, you guys are you're not sort of that high volume, low quality no. shop. Um, you're more low volume, high quality, and uh, I mean not low. Vo- I mean you have a healthy slate. No, no but, but you're right. You're but right. You put We're not a factory. So mu- right, you're not a yeah. fa- You put so much into your shows, mm-hmm. and I'm curious, like as showrunners in your hearts, and now sort of running this bigger company. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm assuming you're hiring showrunners for mm-hmm. each of your shows. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is it hard to sort of step back and let someone else run the show when you're so used to sort of putting your mark on every little thing? Um, I, th- I think it's I think it's been easier for Michael than for me. Mm. I've gotten better at it though. Yeah, um, are you a I perfectionist? Think, yeah, I mean, I think we we're really passionate about our shows and we right. get really invested. And I think at our heart, we're producers. And so when you launch something, first of all, you want it to be reflective of what you think is your brand and mm-hmm. your sort of general level of quality and all of that. So that's important, and you want to have your stamp on it. Um, 
But you also realize at some point, if you're going to grow your company, you can't be that hands-on with everything. Right. So I would say every season one of our shows, we're very involved to make sure that it really we really set the template, the tone, and the look, and all of that. And then we always have super strong showrunners, and we start to back off. We're still involved in all of the key decisions in all of our shows, and we're always present on the set. We're not absentee you know, producers. We're we're very involved in all of our shows. Um, we've just figured out ways to sort of juggle it from like sort of dividing and conquering between the two of us and, and um, um, you know, just being involved in as many ways as we can without always having to be present for everything. It, it's, it's, yeah, I think for us, you know, it's, it's kind of a, every, every company thinks they have a brand and I think we feel like we have a brand. Uh, and it's important to us to keep that brand because I think at the end of the day, we get a lot of business or, or business will come to us because of what we do. Right. You know, I, and I, as we were talking about before, like the redneck sort of lowbrow <laughs> stuff, you don't go to mission control for that. Like, right. We really just can't produce that. And we would tell anybody that and just, right. and just go somewhere else. You know, we, <laughs> that's not what we do. So we're mindful of the shows we do and how we can make it our brand, you know, um, it, you know, we worked with Dan and Jane, you know, Magical Elves years ago. Dan Dan and Jane have a great brand. I mean, Magical Elves has a great, you know, they, they're, they're premium, well-made shows. And, you know, we kind of see ourselves a little bit in that vein of, of what they do. They're artistic, creative, yeah, definitely. et cetera. And um, we have a lot of respect for so many other companies out there. I know you have, like, Doug Ross on from Evolution. And I oh, and we're friends. And it's always been, like, I, I marvel at what Evolution has done over the years, considering when they started particularly. But they do that so well. Right. Like, if you gave us a Housewife <laughs> right. show, I don't know. I mean, we might be able to pull it off, right. but they're so good at it. Right. Give it to them. Right, you know? right. So there's something for everyone. There's something yeah. for everybody. Yeah. And I think that that's why sometimes it's hard for us to pull away a little bit. Yeah. But we, we do, and we've gotten much better at it because we've also realized there's so many good producers, showrunners out there yeah. who think the way you think, and yeah. they just have to execute it. You yeah. Know? Well, also, I think once you build the brand that you guys have, you know, then the network will trust you to make that kind of show. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's why they're coming to you right. with right. ideas that they have that fit that wheelhouse because they know you know how to execute. And even if it's slightly askew of what you're used to, it's at least in the realm so that, yeah, you're maybe not going to, you know, like you said, a court show or something that's mm-hmm. just so out of right. And now that you, I believe you could do it because I believe if you're good producers, you can produce anything. I, I agree. I do agree with that as but well. A, but like you said earlier, A, you have to be passionate and yep. actually want to do it. Yep. And B, um, you know, you kind of want to stick with what you're really good at or mm-hmm. what you feel you're good at and, and can put your best foot forward For sure. into. Yeah. But, but the funny thing is that we will then still, to that point though, we will still develop like we're developing a crime show, which is something yeah. we don't normally do, which I know is a little bit more in your, in your yeah. wheelhouse. Uh, you know, which we're really excited about, yeah. and it's and it's so not what you expect from us, and we have a little interest in it. Uh, so far, we've kind of just really started the process, but like it's so fascinating for us. Like, wow, this is so cool, and our approach to it, and we've kind of formatted it a little bit, right. so it does have the mission control <laughs> DNA Spin, of it, right. yeah. And um, that's cool because you can take, like you said, your DNA, but still. Bust out the margins a little bit, right? Which is, I think, right. and that actually leads me to my next question, which is like, what are your goals for your company? Do you guys talk about that? Um, yeah, we talk about it. It, you know, there's no rule book about how to make a company work, really, and a production company work, especially in the time now, especially. So we often talk about it. I think we're we consider ourselves a pretty small company. 
Uh, although the shows that we do are actually kind of not small, but right. we're pretty small. I mean, and I think we want to grow. You know, there's a lot of talk. You know, our tires have been kicked a couple times about being acquired, and I don't know if we're there yet. Um, because I don't know. I it's it's a we we've heard stories <laughs> about companies that get acquired yeah. and then what they kind of go through once they're acquired. And you know, obviously, every every parent company is different. But you know, some of those stories aren't great. Right, and mission control is in your title. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. And we've been very fortunate that since we started in two thousand eight, so we're almost almost getting to ten years. Uh, that um, you know, we've been able to exist as an independent and and you know have a pretty good life. Yeah. And so the idea of having this larger entity that's now, okay, here are your projections for this right. year. Here you got to do this. Here you got to do that. The great thing right now, which we're really exploring, is there are not as many independents as there used to be. Mm-hmm. We're not affiliated with anybody. Yeah. We can do shows with Lionsgate. We right. can do shows with Universal. We can do shows on our own. Right. You just get freedom. We have freedom. Yeah. We can work with this foreign partner, this format from these guys. We are not in any particular lane or, or whatever. It's like, no, you have to do these formats yeah. from, from Israel or, right. or, or UK <laughs> right. or whatever it is. So I think I personally, and we talk about it constantly, but I think we're sort of exploring the nice world of being independent yeah. and mm-hmm. seeing what opportunities are out there. The, the, the business has become so fluid, you know, you, you know, especially with the additions of the Netflixes and the Amazons and, you know, a- Apple's getting into, into Are you content. looking in the, oh, you're doing Planet of the Apps we on are. Apple, yeah. Yeah. which yeah. is amazing. That's yeah. that, I'm really excited about that. We are too. We are yeah. too. Yeah. And that's, and so that's, that's your an, first sort of digital foray or, yeah, or yeah. hardcore. Yeah, that that is a project that came, uh, it was put together by Propagate. Right, by they, Howard Owens. Yeah, exactly. And they did a phenomenal job of not only developing it, getting it sold to Apple and then putting together this unbelievable package, which yeah. we were the fortunate you know, beneficiaries of. We were brought in to kind of just oversee it and help run it. So, um, yeah, it's amazing. The talent, the world, the the whole, everything about it is, is pretty exciting and amazing. And that's another example of like, we just, as an independent, you just integrated into right. what Propagate was already and Apple were kind of already doing. And it, it's, it's our it's our team. A lot of it's our team and our DNA. Uh, again, that comes back up. But it's, you know, we're working with them as partners. That's cool. And, it's, and Apple is a whole new world. I mean, it's just... They it's wide open. It's yeah. wide open. They don't have... A lot of stuff that you know. The, the, what's the running time? You tell us. Right. You know, there's no axe. There's no. Yeah, there's I feel no... like it's interesting that you say that because I feel like that comes up a lot with you know Netflix and Amazon, and I feel like there's you know we all kind of secretly want to make all the shows for all of those places mm-hmm. because yep. then the rule book goes out the window. Yep, for sure. You know, and it's kind for of sure. exciting, it's and there's a lot exciting. more money mm-hmm. and freedom, and they actually let you produce and yep. do what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's your vision. Go make it. Right. You know, it's yeah. Like, well, what, what, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, huh? Exactly. You know, they, and they're, they're a technology company first, and content is 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 this this thing that they have to do, but it's really about, you know, the 7S now or whatever. You know, it's like you realize you're such a small speck of what is the, one of the largest companies of the world. It's crazy. And it's crazy, but how important it is to them. Yeah. Because it is their first foray into unscripted, really. Is this their first show? I, I think I think wow. it, I think it I, is. Yeah, I yeah. think it is too. I think it is. It's, yeah. it's at least original. I they they bought um uh Corden's karaoke uh Carpool Karaoke, I think as a series of shows, but that 
Got it. I believe, I mean, that's already kind of a known right. thing. Right. It just has to kind of expand it. Yeah. This is an original that's amazing. format uh, for them. And so it's, uh, it's really, really interesting. The people we meet. Uh, the people we interact with, it's, you know, How's it's, Gwyneth, it's most importantly, <laughs> Gwyneth, Gwyneth, easy to work with or not? We haven't actually met her yet. Okay, she'll yeah, come in toward the end. She yeah. will, but the people that have dealt with her so far have said she is absolutely delightful. Okay. We've heard nothing but Great. but raves about what a pleasure she is. So we look forward to meeting her and working with her. We'll let you know next month. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Got a text. Yeah. Oh, Goopy. Yeah. So now we're going to get to our sort of uh, questions. You guys have listened to the podcast, so you, yes. you know you're well prepared. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> what your proudest accomplishment is, we'll start with that. Uh, you know, I would say for me, business-wise, my proudest accomplishment so far is probably winning – the Critics' Choice Award for Best Reality Show for Face Off. And it's probably because that was such a culmination of so many things. It First of all, it, it was a surreal night. We beat – we were the only cable show nominated. We beat The wow. Voice, um, Amazing Race, Dancing with the Stars, America's Got Talent, MasterChef oh Junior. God. And so, you know, it really was us sort of like the little kid there with all of these big network shows. And, you know, we thought truly it was just an honor to be nominated and we're thrilled to be there. We didn't think we had a shot in hell of winning. Did you have a speech prepared? Not really. <laughs> right. Not like, really. I mean, win. kind of thought maybe through about who I should acknowledge or something, but hadn't really thought it through that much. And so the look on our faces is absolute, <laughs> an utter shock and it's genuine. <laughs> but it was, I mean, it wasn't just winning the award. It was what it meant and sort of symbolized for us because it was the first show we did through our company Mm -hmm. and the fact that it was being recognized and it was still on the air and that also too it's a show that we're incredibly proud of and I I mean everybody loves their shows and everybody feels like their shows deserve more praise but I feel like (laughs) it's a show that has never in my opinion gotten quite the recognition that it feels like or or awareness that it feels like it should have Um, so you know we always felt like it was sort of like this little the little engine that could or something like that. Yeah. And um, so that was, a, that was a big, a big moment. Do I should tell, well, I can say it, I guess, the, the little fake out that they do at, the, at these awards Because you shows. know beforehand. Oh, wait. No, 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 you, you don't, don't know beforehand. I don't, but how do they get but, the celebrities there? They know, they must know. I don't think so. I think, really? I think I people just, yeah. you know, it's- I weird. always thought Critics' Choice was, was, uh, was rigged. You, like rigged? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think so. Because okay. they have a lot of, I mean, we've been to, fortunately, been there many years. That's awesome. And so uh, there's like huge stars that don't Win oh, maybe I'm thinking of People's Choice. That's people's yeah, choice. that's yeah. right. Yeah. Like people's the election. Choice, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, but the thing is, they do this fake out, which is so now Dwight and I have gotten so used to it. When we won that year, you know, there each each um, show has a table, right? It's a, it's like it's done like it's oh, done like Golden like Globes, 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 right? Yeah. right? This year, that year at least. And no, actually last year was mm-hmm. also all tables. Yeah, it's always been that so way. So each, each show has a table. So we had the face-off table, which Sci-Fi was generous enough to get us actually two tables. And then Amazing Race has a table and like The Voice has a table. Right. And, stuff. <laughs> and so there's camera, you know, so you so that you know as a producer, you sit there and go, okay, the cameras right. are on the Amazing Race table. So yeah. they probably won. So oh, you, you easily yeah. psych yourself out. So right. so when the net thing was they're announced, reading the nominees. The camera guy comes in <laughs> and puts his cameras on the Amazing Race table, and we're just like, God so we it. so we're like, okay, we lost. I mean, wow. and I can't remember who directed that, but they were so tricky because when they announced Face Off, those camera guys had a 
beelined to us. They just whipped around. They whipped around. And you so could... you've seen it enough times that it's not a mistake. It, they're faking you out. I think so. <laughs> yeah. just... I, I think, think so. I think Maybe wow. they were taking a shot at live of that table at the time. I don't know. But but we definitely thought we had lost. Oh, for sure. And, and, and to us, that was confirmation we had lost as the cameras were shooting at the other table. I was I was convinced we had lost. Because at that point, like, there are not even cameras close to us. Right. I mean, they had to literally right. run to, like, shoot us. Because we great. were, like, so not likely to win. Right. Um, Do you guys have? Uh, oh, this will be for Michael. Biggest regret? I was worried you were going to ask me about the biggest regret because I was ready to do the biggest accomplishment. I oh, wasn't okay. Ready to it's do not. The, it's not the Critics' Choice. Award. Well, well, that was a good one too. But I actually would go a little bit further back. And and you know when we started our company in two thousand eight, uh, it was the worst time to start a company, and um, it was really bad. It was the economy was terrible. Right. I mean, it wasn't just even our business; it was the right. whole nation. Was yeah. Like, and all of our agents and reps and everybody were like, you guys are starting your company at the worst time. And, you know, I will never forget, like, the, you know, the story that's now become somewhat famous for us, at least in our minds, is we left an overall deal at ITV, then Granada, which, you know, paid us well. And we said, we're going to go out on our own. We were had a generous uh, offer from a friend who gave us office space essentially for free at, at um, Hollywood Production Center. And we uh, sat in a room, just Dwight and me, in our own one office, and we looked at each other and said, now what? And it was one of those things that was like we were used to the network train and the and the overall deal train, and this was the first time our fate was in our hands. And it was in the worst time at 2008. So we've been recently talking to friends who've decided to go out on their own, you know, very recently about leaving big companies and doing their own thing. And it really, very recently has reminded me how far we've come yeah. from literally one room where the two of us had nothing. We had no development, nothing. Right. Uh, so the so product you built. Yeah, I mean, the product, I mean, look, there's other people who've built bigger companies than us, but I think from where we started, that's a pretty big accomplishment. And I and I think I, it's it's tough, you know, and we've been telling our friends, like, when you want to start your own company, it's not as easy as it may look. Right. And it's, and Every legal decision, every business decision, it's on you. You have yeah. no one, you have no, right. nobody to really blame except yourself. Right. And you have each other, which makes we it have each other, probably yeah. easier. For sure. Fantastic. It helps. Yeah. yeah. So the accomplishment well, of mine Congratulations. Been really amazing. So he'll do the Thanks. regret. <laughs> If he has oh, one. Oh, God. I don't know that I really have one. That's a horrible thing to say. I don't, no, it's a good thing to say. Well, I don't really believe in regret. Yeah. I realize that sounds very Pollyanna-ish right. or something. No, I like but that. But I always feel anytime something bad has happened, I look back at it and there's always something good that's yeah. come out of it. Like that horrible job I had, which is where I met Michael. Yeah. There's always been- <laughs> The silver lining. Yeah, yeah. Or there's been a horrible situation. I mean, something that you didn't get and you look at it later and it was a horrible situation. You're like, thank God I didn't get that job right. or that show. I know. Um, it really is that everything happens for a reason cliche. I Believe turns that. out I, I realize that too. sounds a little bit. No, I, I agree. It's yeah. turned out to be true. Yeah, so it's so, like it makes, you know, it's a good cliche. Yeah. What are your personal favorite reality shows? Like, if you had to name your top three, my top three, I would probably say Survivor. Love Survivor. You still watch that, it? I still do. Love it. I've, I I've go in and out. I, I would watch it all the time if I had the time. <laughs> right. It, that show's phenomenal. First of all, it's sort of kicked off a whole. It's kicked yeah. off the genre, really. I know real world really predates it, but it's such an, a well-done show, and it is to this day. It's so wow. so amazing. It's beautiful, so well done. Um, I still love Project Runway. I really do. I'm not, I know nothing about fashion, but I really love watching shows where people who are creative do amazing things, and mm -hmm. it's so visual, so it's just always interesting to see what they do. Um, I love Shark Tank. 
Shark Tank's oh amazing. God, that's my favorite show ever. Yeah, it's great. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, I would Shark say Tank's those are great. probably my. Probably I thought of Shark Tank earlier. Of course, I always think of Shark Tank when you were talking about um, Face Off and reinventing, you know, or trying to freshen mm-hmm. it up. And, and I don't know if you're watching this season, but they added like the littlest thing where they have now sort of the verite of the contestants before they open the doors. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, they've never done that. They've right. never mm-hmm. messed with the format. Right. Mm-hmm. And I love it. But some people are like, yeah. oh, hate the new, you know. <laughs> I was like, it's such a small thing. Yeah. But to me, it just gives it a little bit more reality. Yeah, it gives you a little insight it does. into who they are. And they're usually like, God bless Jesus Christ. Or, you know, like, just like <laughs> doing push-ups, you know. Yeah. And that would be like what you would expect. It's character yeah. revealing. Exactly. It is. Yeah, it, is yeah. it gives it a little more flavor. Yeah. yeah. And how about you, Michael? Well... I, you know, it's tough. I don't go home very often and actually watch a lot of reality because I, I, it's, it's like bringing home your work. Yeah. It's work. I get it. So I actually watch more scripted even then. Recently, I just haven't watched anything. But, um, recently, uh, there's a couple of things. I, I really like the circus. Yeah. Isn't it great? Which is great on Showtime. And I've said this on some other thing before. I just think it's such a simple but so well done and so and how they're able to pull that up up in a week. It's incredible. It's It's a math. I also think, and I've talked about this before, I think it's a master class in editing. Exactly. Because if you take away the music Mm -hmm. and you take, now, I mean, it's become such a reality show in itself that you don't need to do much. But in the early days when like they were following all the candidates, it was like, that's watching paint dry is going to these things. But the way they cut it with the music, with the fast-paced editing, I, I'm on the edge of my seat with, you know, John Kasich. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. This is an amazing show that is yeah. able to manipulate me like that. Totally. Yeah. And they've made a, a process, which, I mean, this year is a little bit extraordinary, <laughs> obviously. We have but, our own reality within yeah, reality. Exactly. Yeah. But I think they've done such a good job. The, the, the craftsmanship of that show being yeah. put together, I, I really, I'm a huge fan of it. And um, and shout out to Left Right. Um, do you know those guys? No. Yeah, Banks Tarver and Ken Druckerman, they're out of New York and they do amazing work. They did a great work. I mean, yeah. I, hats off to them. I And I actually liked another, this is years ago, which is now I'm no longer on the air, uh, but, and it's such a small little show, but it was so good, which was The Pitch. Which oh, was it was on a great AMC. Show. It was like for two seasons. Yeah, I, had I think someone Studio on the Lambert podcast. did it. Yeah, that's yeah, Eli um, did it. That was um, they're one. Of, I think that was um, Aaron, his partner's greatest accomplishment. It was getting that to show. season two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a simple idea, yeah. but so real. And again, really well done. Yes. And I mean, look, it's funny com- from considering we do formats, and that's yeah. what we do. That my two sh- the shows that I'm mentioning are not very formatted. Right, more docu. They're more docu, but that in a way is why I like them. Is yeah. because I don't have to work. Right. You know. Right, because you probably just be figuring out all the problems or things you don't like if it was a format. Right. I mean, there's lots of shows that we've watched that are formats that you go, oh boy. So okay, what's your favorite one. scripted show that you're watching? Uh, well, I love House of Cards. Yeah, I it's mean, so which good. I guess is maybe a cliche, but I do, I do love House of Cards, and and actually recently have gotten into um, a couple shows, although I'm a little bit behind. Uh, Atlanta, which is the Donald. I heard it's really good, really great. Yeah, I, I watched watching. like three episodes, and they're really funny. Three or four are now, and oddly designated survivor. Oh, I couldn't stand it. it I, I tried. Like, I tried after the first. I wanted to punch him in the face. Yeah, I get. There's there's stuff that's certainly hateful, but there's. I love the premise. Weird. I love the premise. And I was I'm, a big fan of Twenty Four. Okay. for years and years, and it's basically ABC's way of doing Twenty Four. <laughs> right, totally. And and I, you know. I'm a bit of a sucker for that. Right. I hate to say it. No, but, me too. That's why I know. expected to like it. And he drove me. I, 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 after the first episode, I'm, like, I'm out. I get it. Yeah. it. It actually gets Does it? a little better. See, I don't give things a chance. Then. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> you don't grab me in the first episode. I, I, I do love Superstore also. I find it hilarious. You're into all the new fall shows. 
I guess it sounds like it. I could <laughs> no. go. I could go back. Right. But those are the. Those are the. Those nice. are the most current that I'm. Yeah, it's weird, right? Yeah, I Why like am it. I doing that? That? You're getting on the bandwagon. Well, it's like Modern Family. I right. Mean, it's all, still you know, funny. Stuff. Modern Family. Yeah, it's still funny. It yeah. I mean, the right. It's all writing contingent. You yeah. know, it has the a cast is amazing. Too they're just they show. can't. They could do no. And those yeah. kids are like ten years older than when it started, and they're <laughs> right. still hilarious. They're still hilarious. It's a. It's a great show. Do you watch Blackish too? No. Yeah. Not as good. Not as good. My my daughter likes it. I love The Simpsons. I've always loved The Simpsons. Oh right. So. Have you seen all million episodes? I, there's not all, but a lot. And yeah. I know, and granted, it's getting at this point. It's, it's like, so wow, brilliant, it's, though. It's, it's it's a brilliant show. Yeah, I don't know how they do it, but yeah. it's it's so good. And oh, and OJ, um, People versus OJ. Oh my god, that was amazing. Amazing, Blew amazing. me away. When they announced that they were doing that, I thought. What a horrible idea. This is going to be awful. But Ryan Murphy, hello. I know. To my television. It was phenomenal. Some of those episodes, there were like three or four that were the best hours of TV I've ever experienced in my life. Because the level of acting. I mean, and I know that story better than anyone. And it was like it's revealed new things. And Chris Darden... The guy who played Chris Darden, who's now on this this Sterling is our show, yeah. Yeah. which yeah, I like. I don't like as much as I want to like it, right. but um, he was a revelation on that show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ! I mean, that show. And Sarah was, Paulson was uh, unbelievable. No unbelievable. No words. They all. Yeah. Each one was better than the next, yeah. except for David Schwimmer. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't with the juice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there was. That. Oh, he made me mental. Yeah. yeah. Well, this has been so much fun. Oh my god, it was great. Thank you, Thank you guys for awesome. coming, yeah. and uh, maybe we'll do a part two one day. Thank yeah, you. we'd love Thank that. Thank you for having us. <laughs>